This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Doug from Hoobastank. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. This is Zandy Aris from the Dr. Phil Show. If you're not listening to What Duvet Said, then you're functionally retarded. Hello, I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Alicia Witt, and you're listening to What Duvet Said. Did you hear... Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at whatduvetsaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studio South in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who prematurely jumps the gun, your host, <laughs> Robert Bob Duvet, joining you from Duvet Studios North in the heart of San Francisco, California. Listen to this, Jason. That's the heart of San Francisco beating. Wow, it sounds kind of sad and pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit arrhythmic. I expected a much more booming heart for a city that has a song specifically about hearts and the town itself. Yeah, good point. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work on that. Reba! Okay, good. Yeah, get Reba to put a little juice work into the, the heart. Work on the city's heartbeat. <laughs> Up, do it. Hey, Rob, uh, I'm a little uh, a little foggy today. I've been out of town on vacation, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back into the groove of this. Well, let's do this then. I am curious about your camping trip. I do not camp, so I'm always fascinated by people who do. Okay. So why don't we uh, – I will say this. We don't have any guests today okay. because Reba is really working on something big. Some big, big names are going to be coming your way, folks, okay. to WDS. Okay, great. So she's, I'm letting her do her thing. She's working on that. So we can really devote this hour to, uh, you know, of course, the news. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit about your camping trip. I, I've, I've gotten up to some things myself. Uh, we should definitely dip into the mail sack because mail's been piling up. It's getting to be like an episode of Hoarders around WDS North here because I'm not even able to step around all the mail sacks that are in the way. Yeah, so uh, would you, should we kick it off with a dip into the mail sack? Uh, yeah, how do people uh, mail us, or how does that work? Well, it works usually by either sitting at your computer or grabbing a uh, writing implement of some, some sort and then jotting down your thoughts. Right, and sending out an email oh. to us at what do they ah, said. Ah, but at where do they send it? Gmail.com. What do they said at gmail.com because your emails mean so much especially to me. Or you can find and, us on Facebook by doing a little search in your little search box there for What Duvet Said and like us on the Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter, the at sign Bob Duvet, or give us a phone call at... 415-937-0445. Uh, 
that number is always live. And it's 415-937-0445. People, oh, I love it. It's so, uh, it, 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 it's, it's warm, it's nurturing in here. Yeah, it feels kind of like, um, like a warm, nurturing sack. It, it's a bit canvassy as well, which I like. And like a little, <laughs> I like the the mix of textures I get in the mail sack. You know, I, I don't. I, I'm going to step out of the mail sack for just a moment to tell you this really okay. quick story. You just make sure you get back in, Jason. I will. Um, let me dust myself off. I went to go see a screening of the Harry Potter movie last week. You recall me saying? Did you this? see it? Yes, that I had a difficult time getting someone to come with me, and I just ended up going by myself to go see the Harry uh-huh. Potter movie. Uh, so it's a free screening, so you got to get there a little early and queue up because it's free, and people uh, get in line there at the Mary Pickford Center there on uh, Main Street. But I'm standing there, and the guy in front of me, I don't know if this happens to you a lot, Rob, but oftentimes when you're in a situation where you're, there's people standing around doing a similar thing, people feel the need to talk. Yes. Like, turn to the person in line behind them ah, and start sharing things. That That's not me, by the way. You and I are like brothers from another mother because we, we approach life in very similar ways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want I don't want I don't want somebody to come over and pet my dog while I'm walking it. I don't want to be chatty with the cashier at the grocery store. And I certainly don't want to be talking to somebody who's just happens to be standing in line in front of me before we go into the movie theater, because then there's that awkward moment of perhaps we end up sitting next to each other and then we have to continue talking. Yeah. Yeah. That's very un Woody Allen though of you, because in every Woody Allen movie, there's invariably a scene where people are waiting in line in the movies and always some sort of, you know, existential or esoteric conversation ensues. That happens in every Woody Allen movie. I can think of that happening well, in one not, Woody Allen movie. I, I, I'm taking, I'm, I'm painting him with a broad stroke. Mm-hmm. So the guy's in line in front of me, and he was from Kentucky. I know that because he told me he was from Kentucky, and he was, he's an actor, uh, and he's telling me about how he loves that show, Justified, and he just, he, he just keeps going in and reading for Justified. He tries to get in there. And you know that girl who plays such and such character on Justified? I was somewhere and I saw her and I said, hey, and I called her by her character name. And she said, whoa, do I know you? And he was just going on and on about Justified and how much he liked I that show. I did not even know that show. Well, and th- I know the show, but then, th- then he turns to me and he goes, you know what other show I really like? Make it or break it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so. M I B O I O I O Nation, man, is bigger than we thought. I know. And I, I told him, oh, we just had Chelsea Hobbs on the show. We just talked to him. Like, suddenly I'm engaged with this guy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing what a little flattery will do. All of a sudden you're like, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, uh, Holly, Chelsea, Josie, if you're listening, that guy from Kentucky. Who was waiting in line for me? He he's a big make it or break it fan. Nice. <laughs> that is uh that is odd that that I mean that it's completely random because I, I'd imagine there are very few people that you know would would share that show in common with you, a person who happens to uh, you know, follow the show and, and speak on it. Yeah. It's just so funny. So anyway, that was sort of a uh, like a sniper mail sack attack. Yeah, I'll say. Woo! Right. Dodging bullets whizzing by. You know, that's what I like. Things just whiz by in the mail sack. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let me get back in before we we uh, we sack out. Get back in. Get in. Get comfortable. The mail sack is kind of like one large beanbag chair. Yeah, a little bit. I like the kind of squishy, uh, the squishy walls. Yes, where they, where they kind of like, the walls conform to the uh, volume of the letters. Yeah, exactly. All right, have we, have we rung enough out of the mail sack? We have. Let's hear from uh, Duvet Nation. Let's hear, actually, from Joel and Susan from Iowa City. Okay. Hello, Joel. Hello, Susan. Thanks for listening. They want to, they say, hey, guys, uh, love the show. Listen every week. We want to know why you haven't been giving out any swag bags. Oh, I think we haven't been offending people. Isn't a swag bag some, something of an apology? Usually that's, that's it's either an apology or a buttering up. But uh, there is a reason why the swag bag has been uh, kind of in short supply, let's say. Okay. Why? It's, well, it's because this is a kind of – I don't want to get macroeconomic on everybody, but it, it has to do with exporting of jobs. We have exported out – Reba's very busy here, so she's not able to put together the swag bags because she's working on big-name guests. And uh, and keeping WDS running in its uh, you know fashion, so we've been exporting those jobs out to the Chinese. Oh, well, they do great work. They do, but apparently, I, I'm not familiar with the uh, the rules of uh, you know uh, trade and negotiation and stuff like that. But there is a bit of a snag. So, so now the the swag bags don't simply just come from here at Duvet North. They actually we take the <clears throat> list of the swaggable material we compile it we send it off to a city just outside of shanghai mm -hmm. where they compile the swag bags and then from there they are re-sent back to us and then our mailing department sends it out so that's why there's been a bit of a, a backup and so we want to make sure that we alert the swag bag recipient as they're receiving it so that there isn't this like you're gonna get a swag bag and then you know three weeks later it's it, we don't we like to keep the excitement yeah well we also like to keep costs down so that's why we've outsourced the swag bag um, pennies on the dollar jace that's what i'm gonna say pennies on the dollar i'd also like to point out that swag bags are only given out if we're caught and we need to give out a swag bag <laughs> it's true it's true and truth be told Truth be told, it's been, uh, as far as swag goes, it's been a bit of a dry season. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like probably six episodes ago, we, we should have been caught, or I should have been caught, uh, when, I, when I mistook Gloria Allred for Gloria Steinem. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I wonder how the two would feel about being compared to each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I went down a pretty long path there where I, I claimed Gloria Allred's past was actually Gloria Steinem's past. Uh, and nobody nobody <laughs> wrote in to tell me otherwise. So that would have been good fodder for Schwagbeck. So maybe uh, Susan and Joel, were those their names? Uh, yes, it's Joel and Susan. Good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so maybe Susan and Joel will we'll, we'll, uh, we'll contact I our I said Schwag. Joel and Susan. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry. For some reason, the name Susan's on the top of my mind. When we uh, when we get to our swag bag um, contacts, we'll um, we'll get one out to the glorious in about three to four weeks. Allow three to four weeks to deliver. I think that's 
I think that's only fair. So yeah, allow. Uh, maybe we should just have a stipulation. It, it, swag bag recipients allow six to eight weeks shipping. Oh yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And that I think that's great fair. because it will only take three to four weeks, so they'll feel good when it comes sooner than six to eight weeks. Yes, exactly. You know, it's kind of like uh, around the holidays when you get your present early. Yeah, that's kind of like that. Uh, any oh, other? So that, that, yeah. that addresses that. Okay. Oh, of course. Yes, we have uh, we have Rennie from Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And she wants to know simply what the dang happened to that What Do They Said About Music show. Oh, yeah. What the dang did happen to the What Do They Said About Music show? I thought we were going to do another uh, co-host tag team episode, but then everything just sort of Ooh. fell apart. Well, you know, it's uh, I have been uh, engaged in a furious job search, so it, it has eaten into some of my time, sadly. But uh, we have not abandoned what Duvet said about music. There will be another. Plus, also scheduling wise, you know, you've been away, and I, I do rely on you for for some of the logistics with this show. Mm. So l- let me just say this. Let me be clear. Okay. We will have a new What Do They Said About Music. I believe it's issue 32. Uh, it'll be up next week. So look for it the usual time, usual place, Wednesday of next week. We will have a new What Do They Said About Music uh, topic to be determined. So tune in for that. Okay. I will also say that you and I, Jason, uh, should in the next couple of weeks uh, do our what, wasn't it odd pairings was that what we were going to do yeah we're going to do odd pairings um, and then on the drive home as I was listening to unending supply of music and the long drive back from camping I thought of a couple more topics which might be fun um, uh-huh. which is song, and I don't know how we can pan out but songs that you know but you don't know the title to right Ah, I think those would be kind of fun. Like songs you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what's the title of that song? So I thought that would be a fun one. And then I also thought, and I don't know how long I could stick out this particular podcast in, uh, anyway, but I thought songs that I really love that aren't in English. Ah, I could go down that road. I think we can we can definitely squeeze out a, uh, a, a, a power hour mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, so maybe we could do like a, a you know, like a, a double header. Because uh, I don't know if I could I could mm-hmm. sit through two hours of, of non English music, but I, I, there's certainly a couple that I'm like, wow, this is a great song, and it 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 isn't hampered by my not understanding what they're singing about. Wow, you are sadly unprepared for the uh, the, the coming century. If you are not going to be able to sit through two hours of non English programming, yeah. <laughs> well, you you've you've got my number. <laughs> <laughs> We're in America. People got to start speaking English. <laughs> Thanks, Rennie. Thanks for listening, by the way. Do you way. have any uh, any letter that uh, piqued your interest? No, I have not looked in the mail sack, so I've got nothing for you. Well, we're going to we're going to go out of the mail sack today, but back into it uh, in future episodes. We're going to stay on top of the mail we receive here at WDS. Yeah, good. And I what promise you said at gmail.com. I usually am very good because your emails mean so much. I'm usually so good at uh, reading the email every day. But like I said, I've been out of town. And I just haven't uh, I haven't dipped in. I love it. I always love reading the email. It, it gives me a boost to my ego. You get a pass, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was camping. You know what? Since I was camping, I mentioned this earlier. I have no idea what's been going on in the news. Yep. Da, da, da. This song 
sounds more urgent for some reason. With each new segment, that theme gets more urgent sounding to me. Okay. Well, the, the urgency is upon us. Tell me what's been going on in the news. I'm, I'm in a, a wash of unfamiliarity. Well, here's what you've been missing, <laughs> Chase. Grocery clerk indicted for putting semen in yogurt samples. Yo, jeez. What good does that do, by the way? I never understand the pranks that don't that you can't see the end result of. Like, oh, I'll put cyanide in Tylenol. Ha 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 ha. But what good is it if you don't see the person actually taking the Tylenol? What good is it putting semen in yogurt if you if you don't get to see the person eating the yogurt? Or 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 did or maybe I'm jumping the gun. Maybe I'm prematurely jumping the gun. Well, I think this is funny. They did DNA testing to prove that there was yogurt contained in the semen. So let me see what... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a, a, a minute. They did DNA testing to see if yogurt was contained in the semen? No, no. <laughs> yeah, he was handing out cups of semen. <laughs> and people were, people were being... Felt like they were being jipped out of their yogurt. <laughs> right, no, I think you mean the opposite of that. But go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so according to a police report, the female victim told cops that she was shopping with her daughter at Sunflower Farmer's Market when she was approached by a pushy Garcia offering her the yogurt sample. After tasting the yogurt, the woman immediately thought the sample tasted gross and disgusting, and cops noted that she said it tasted like semen. I love this story on more levels. This woman clearly swallows. Yeah, she knows what semen tastes like. I love how he was like, you got to try this. You really got to try this yogurt sample. Uh, try the yogurt sample. Take the fucking yogurt sample. <laughs> that is so disgusting. Yeah, so, but it's great. Oh, your girl asked for the whereabouts of Gloria Allred, the world's foremost legal authority on serotypically slip semen law. Yes. In all of this, at post time, she remains conspicuously absent from the proceedings. This is one ambulance that Gloria Allred seems not to want to chase. Interesting. And after all her work as a Playboy bunny, I thought for sure she would be. I just, it's just, yeah, you're right. When you put it in that context, it is strange. Well, I guess this guy actually could see the results. Like, I wonder if he handed it to her. Here, try it, try it. And then she tried it. He's like, <laughs> probably totally gave himself away, right? Yeah, that's why I, I jumped the gun there because I, I didn't real. I thought he was like working in the back or I, I thought he was working at a like a yogurt processing plant. You know, the kind of yogurt you put in your refrigerator. Actual yogurt, not Frozen uh, yogurt, not gotcha. froyo. Like Laverne and Shirley on the line, right? Putting their glove on the yogurt and waving as it goes away. I, I like it. I, I have this vision of like the, the Yo Play factory, and as like you know, every fifth cup of of Yo Play goes by, there there's our our, our fella. Yeah, taking judiciously, judiciously impregnating each yogurt sample. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Wow. That that is she's she is a a remarkable woman to have such an acute sense of taste to be able to pick out. I would say she, and identify absolutely what it is she's tasting. I mean, I can understand if she said it tastes a bit salty for me. Yeah, oh, is that what it tastes like? I don't know per se. That's that's what you hear. <laughs> that's what I hear. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's funny that yeah that she was very discerning and uh, 
I guess it tasted gross and disgusting first, and then she noted. That's what I like. Then she noted, it tastes like semen. Oh, God. And and for her to be right. Wow. So that's, uh, I don't want to think about that anymore. Let's move on to another story, because that is a <laughs> to me. Uh, I'm going to go with that, too, so I don't seem like I'm too blasé. That is definitely A for me as well. Okay. All right. This is another kind of, good one. I was just going to say, it kind of makes me wonder what kind of yogurt it was. But go ahead. I'm guessing it was maybe because there's that new yogurt that's really popular in the in the big cities, that raw, uncultured yogurt. This definitely seems like it, it's raw and uncultured yogurt. Yeah. Okay. Next, please. All right. This one I love. I just love the image that it put in my head. Amish youth leads cop on buggy chase. Oh, you know what? I heard about this. Well, you were camping, so it makes sense that a some story where people eschew all types of uh, modern technology would make its way to you. Yeah, slow news travels fast. <laughs> yes, this Amish teenager allegedly been drinking. And uh, I, I don't know, was he, this buggy was swerving? I have no idea what would make the cops want to pull him over, but they, they did. They, oh, that they, he was seen in his buggy with a can of beer in hand. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And so they, uh, they, they, the high-speed buggy cop chase ensued, and uh, he was charged with resisting arrest, second-degree obstructing governmental administration, unlawful possession of an alcoholic beverage with intent to consume by a person under the age of 21, failure to yield to an emergency vehicle, insufficient tail lamps, and littering on the highway. Wow. Wow, you don't expect that much um, abuse of authority and the law from the Amish. Honestly, right? And they're really piling on the charges. I mean, this would... It's funny. We have people getting away with, you know, murder. I won't mention any names. We have, you know, the Murdochs of the world hacking into people's uh, phones and whatnot. And... That all seems like, you know, it, it's kind of minimalized or trivialized a bit. But then you have this guy, and he's a, just a teenager with a beer and a fucking buggy, and they're throwing the book at him. Right. Because it's because it's a schoolyard bully mentality. You pick on the, the, the weakest. You know, the, I bet that cop yeah. can't stop Rupert Murdoch and wasn't, isn't going to go up against him because he's too scared. Yeah, good point. Good point. Rupert Murdoch in a buggy? Is this A? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that's not A. Yeah, I'm going to go with you, too. That is not A. Yeah. Okay. All right, should we move on? We're having some good news. These are some good news stories. I was busy while you were away roughing it. Yeah, well, I want to get caught up. I I feel adrift in a water of uh, uncertainty. Did I say that already? This this story came to us from our fine the fine folks at Gawker. Not a sponsor, yeah. not an affiliate. Yeah. Um, this is funny because I suspected this. As I've mentioned before, I was in college more recently than pro- perhaps I should have been, or most would think. And I was always curious about this. And I see this news story. It says, everybody in college gets good grades now. Oh, okay. And so, now, now I'm curious. If back in your college days, if you uh, can remember these things, 
was the curve in effect? Uh, I am unsure if the curve was in effect because I was taking theater classes and you had to mm. be, you basically had to not show up to get a bad grade in theater classes. I mean, I took some, I say, some how could they grade class? you on a curve in theater? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, the curve has to be pretty low because there's so many bad actors. Um, the regular classes I was taking didn't seem to have, but I, you know, I don't really know. I, I did well. I did my work and I paid attention. And the classes that I didn't do well, uh, I got bad grades in. You know, I missed mm-hmm. my final mm-hmm. for the Revolutionary War class and I got a bad grade in it. Wow, that's very unlike you. Yeah, that was a whole nightmare. That whole quarter was a was a was a terrible, terrible time in my life. <laughs> I might go back. I might audit <laughs> French in the Revolutionary War again, just so I could. Nice. <laughs> so I, I think can... you should do that. I mean, then report on it on the show. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a lifetime but, movie. Here is the the interesting part of this story. Okay, so basically, um, they're saying that they're not using the curve that much anymore. And when they broke down the new study of 204-year colleges found the following distribution of grades. 43% of students receive A's. 34% receive B's. 15% receive C's. And D's and F are a paltry piddling sum. So nearly 80% of all students are getting A's and B's. Let me tell you something. That this is not representative of the work that students no, I'm not saying all students, but the majority of students uh, that these statistics would suggest put forth because I was shocked at what constitutes like, you know, insight and um, in, in dissection okay. when I would hear students respond to questions or have, read some of their papers and stuff like that. So it is uh, clearly teachers are saying, yeah, sure. A, B, you're here. Perfect. Well, Next. you know, we we know a college professor, and we could ask him do. ourselves uh, what 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 makes a passing grade and what constitutes um, good work. Or we don't have to. <laughs> no, that was a pregnant pause. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we we know we we most definitely should, and I have talked with him about that off show. And uh, he is, uh, he holds true. I mean, he, he's a man who sticks to his guns. He makes students work for the grades that they receive. Yeah, yeah, I would But I think it's, I think it's like a, a, a he's, he is the, the dam that's trying to stem the tide of, you know, stupidity. Unfortunately, there are other dams that are, have not been retrofitted and are giving way. Right. So let's just wrap it up then. People skating by in college. Is this a... No, this is not not a for me. So, Jay, should we get into maybe let's do let's in the most heavenly segmented segment of our hold stop wait I was going to talk about Audible. Oh, we're still talking about Audible. We haven't even started talking about Audible. (laughs) Oh, we're going to do a live spot. Doing a live spot. Nice. 
what is Audible, you may say? Audible.com is the premier Audible download uh, website where you can get a 14-day free trial of Audible Listener Gold membership. What is the Audible Listener Gold membership? Find out by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS. Hey, and you know what? A little Audible fact. The average reader gets through five books a year, but the average Audible listener completes 17 books a year. Look at that. Oh, Look at all that reading you that can do. It works with useful. Yeah, totally. You know what? It works with your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, and 500 MP3 players, including the Apple iPod. Download over 85,000 titles. You don't need to get 85,000 titles, but... You get Audible trial free for 14 days. You get a free Audible book, and you, uh, if you want to stick around, you can uh, you can keep uh, you can keep listening. Uh, you can listen to The Help, or uh, uh, the new Dan Brown books, or The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, or anything else that you're interested in. Hey, I Audible. just crunched the numbers, Jace. Yeah. And you you could read all 85,000 titles at that average blistering pace that audible readers set in 5,000 years. So that's a goal to shoot for. Audibletrial.com slash WDS. Sign up now. Okay, great. Moving on. Let's, let's move on to, let's, in the most heavily segmented segment in our already segmented society in our segmented show, that yes. is what Duvet said, the tank. Yep. Yes. The tank rolls on. We are like the inchworm of comedy segments. We have so many segments. Nice. Okay. Would you ever want to be known as the inchworm of comedy? I've been called worse. Ha! <laughs> Good point. True. Let's introduce a new segment. Let's unleash a new segment on our okay. listeners. Okay. Ready? This one's called Topics of Discussion. <laughs> All right. I, this feels very serious. Okay. Let's discuss. I'm ready. Give me a topic and we'll discuss. Yeah. Get your discussion cap on. All right. So this, uh, this uh, really, this is, would be ideal if we had a video podcast because the, the picture could be shown. But history made as nipple is found on foot. A nipple was found on a foot? A young woman has made medical history after being discovered with a third nipple on her foot. And there's a picture of a woman's foot with a actually fully formed nipple Right smack dab in the middle were the arches, uh-huh. like protruding out from her foot. It's an actual. Um, it, it's a nipple. Uh, for foot fetishes around the world, this is a major, major discovery. Is that nudity though? If you if you show an exposed nipple on a foot, that is a good point. You know, it's funny because below it, there apparently that between one to five percent of the population are believed to suffer from a condition which is clinically referred to as supernumerary breast tissue. So about you know, 1% to 5% of the population have a third nipple. Usually they're located on the breast. And there's a picture here of, do you know who Lily Allen is? She's a singer, singer from Britain. Uh, yeah. She has one of these. She has a third nipple that's located kind of like uh, due southeast east of where her other nipple would be and it's very small but there's a picture of her showing off her third nipple and it's not blotted out so apparently third nipples are able to be exposed but your your i guess your dominant nipple must remain uh, hidden from society and oh that's so ridiculous I, and i wonder if uh if it was on a man's foot if that would be more acceptable do you imagine the sensation you get just from walking 
I don't want to think about it. The whole concept of a third nipple really grosses me out. I don't know why it does. Does it? You don't like a nipple on the bottom of your foot? That doesn't turn you on? No. No, even a, a, a superfluous nipple on some other body part, even on the breast, just grosses me out. I, I'm going to tell you a, a story out of school here, which I'm, is a... <laughs> it wasn't a third nipple, but uh, I was on a date with a girl. And for some reason, the topic was on breasts. And she was discussing how how different breasts gross her out, like droopy breasts uh-huh. or banana breasts or whatever. Like this is our, our okay. first date and our, on our dinner conversation and she's going off on disgusting breast types. So we get back to her place and we're, we're making out and she is, she cannot wait to take her top off. Like this so is, she's very proud of her breasts. She's very proud of her breasts. And clearly this is what she, she was going for. Um, uh-huh. and so she, I, I, I remember she was, she, she finally like does this display of pulling off her bra and she's like, see nothing wrong here. And she had an enormous birthmark on one of her breasts, like ginormous, <laughs> huge brown spot underneath one of her nipples. And I was like, well, it, I, I, I am grossed out. I'm grossed out by that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit, I don't like it. I do not like it. And I did you not, say, what about that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, what, nothing wrong. <laughs> what about this horrendous scar? <laughs> oh, man. You know, if, if, as long as we're on the subject, um, what grosses me out, I remember I was dating a girl. She had very nice breasts, but she had like hair on her nipples. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like, you know, if that was the only thing keeping you from having perfect breasts, wouldn't you tend to that a bit more? Yeah, I would think so. I've encountered that before. I've encountered that with a girl who was who was like, oh, my God, like she sees the one black hair coming out and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Let me get, take care of that. And then there's another girl who I was with who was like, oh, really? This is she was like proud of it. Oh, that's my little I forget what she named it. That was a non-starter for me. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I love non-starter is a, a wonderful term because it's used so much in in uh, political discussions. But I think it, it perfectly applies in this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a non-starter, right? And I, I love that that I've gotten to the point with a woman that she's exposing her breasts to me, and that's the part where I consider it to be a non-starter. <laughs> well, you know, I know you, and you're a very particular man, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like a man that knows what he wants. Yeah, I have very specific tastes and very specific, very, very varied and specific reasons to not be interested in a woman. <laughs> yes, and and the, I find that wonderfully endearing about you. I am a more laissez-faire in that attitude, you know, about things. But there are definitely non-starters for sure, and maybe that could be a future segment when we have one, like just a non-starter in life in general. Yeah, right. No, that that would take. We we need to dedicate a whole hour. There are so many. I have so many reasons to not go out with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jason's non-starters. I I think that that would be a wonderful segment. In the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, no thanks. So, oh, sorry. That one <laughs> thing. Oh, if only, if only you didn't have hairy nipples. If only you didn't have <laughs> a huge birthmark on your breast. All would be well. 
How about a a, a hairy nipple uh, uh, protruding out of a birthmark? You're right. Yeah. Oh, please. God. On the bottom of your foot. Yeah. No. Not, sorry. Hey, you're a great gal. Just can't go there. So there you go. How, how do you feel about that topic of discussion? <laughs> I think I want to barf. <laughs> that is the maybe that could be the sound effect that accompanies it. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we can tread into some Dr. Donald D. Rose territory. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I like topic for discussion. Is there anything in other news? Uh, we do. <laughs> Great. We need something to go along with that fabulous theme that you play. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, this one, uh, a couple here. Well, I'll just make an aside. Sarah Palin is, uh, apparently she got her degree in journalism. I did not know this. And she's willing to help the mainstream media on being better journalists. I love that. Um, this one, as far as in other news goes, is interesting to me. Did you know that in Philadelphia, texting while walking is now a crime? Oh, I did not know that. Apparently, it's being the program is being dubbed "Give Respect, Get Respect," and it's 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 going to be a ticketable offense if you are caught walking around Philadelphia with your head up your ass and your nose buried in your little PDA device, texting away, uh, not paying attention to other people around you, and uh, generally acting like a douchebag. Now, I have texted and walked at the same time. Oh, I do that, and yeah. I do you do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been a lot more cognizant lately about trying not to do such things. If I'm going to text somebody, I, I try to kind of pull myself off the side of the road because I realize that it annoys me when I see people doing that and say stepping over my dog or not paying attention and, and seemingly walking through me until I have to pull some sort of maneuver to get out of their way. And I don't want to be that person. So I'm being very cognizant of if I do want to respond to a text, just kind of pulling off to the side and getting out of the flow of traffic. Well, I, I, I respond to a text when I'm free to respond to a text. If I'm walking and there's a crowd of people around me, then I don't respond to the text right then. You know, or if I'm in the grocery store and I want to text somebody, I'll, I'll put my card over to the side or something like that. But if in the morning, if I'm just walking Tammy around the block, that's my dog, Tammy. If I'm just walking her around the block and there's nobody around, then I'll be texting. I want to text the, the, those who I wish to text at the time I wish to text. I just, I think it's good. I don't think this is a way to go about it, legislating it or, you know, you know, ticketing people. But I'm glad that there is starting to become some sort of backlash um, regarding people's behavior with these technologies that are now a part of our daily lives. Because I think the, the pendulum has swung a little too far where people are walking around in their own little bubbles and be less and less aware of the people that inhabit the planet with them. So I'm, I'm for anything that uh, forces people to wake up. Yeah, but you can't regulate respect. The, the, True. Because be, why can't I respect the person who's texting, right? Is you know can't I yeah. get out of the way? It's it's I say this all the time. It's I'm not he's not in my way. It's we're both there. 
So it's not my way or her way or his way or wherever this person is who's texting. And if, if someone's coming at me with their head buried in their PDA walking down the street and I have of the ability to step to the side and let that person keep going, why wouldn't I step out of that person's way? Why wouldn't I share the sidewalk that this person's on? Now, I understand in Philadelphia there's a lot of people around. And believe me, I've been walking down Hollywood Boulevard where there's a lot of people around and I need to get somewhere. And there's some clown walking really slowly texting. And that person is yes. a jackass. But do you might yes. as well ticket people for being a jackass. You'd raise a lot more money for doing that. I would agree. Well, it's the height of tourist season here in San Francisco. So people on, are on vacation walking around and often families will walk like four full in a line yeah uh -huh. leisurely on a very you know we have very small sidewalks here because you know this is a gold rush right. town and so you know there's very few wide sidewalks everything's pretty pretty narrow and i mean hey i got places i got to get to i actually live here my wife has to get to work and there's nothing more annoying than just a bunch of lollygagging tourists walking four across yeah and you know we'll, we'll be like, excuse me, and we'll like wedge right through them. Um, people that are texting are on their phones, and uh, people play games, Jace. You know this, and you see it because you're in a crowded city where it really is a game of chicken. And I learned in New York City that there's a flow to traffic, especially during commute hours and whatnot. If you're walking, and if you are not paying attention, people have no problem shouldering, elbowing, walking right over and through you if you're the one that's f fucking up the flow. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I understand. In San Francisco, it's not nearly as uh, congested and, and compact. And, you know, there's not as much hustle and bustle. But there's a fair amount. But it's the people that are doing their business on their phone, texting, and they look up, you make that eye contact, and their plan is to not make any evasive maneuver. Right, but that's what I mean. Their plan is to continue walking their path. So it is my plan then to not make any evasive maneuver and to make sure that my shoulder is stiffened and to clip them back. And I have no problems doing yeah, that. Yeah, again, that's the respect thing. And that's why I hate the word respect. Respect has become such a gangster mob thing. Give me the respect I need, yes. which is really just being, uh, being full of yourself and not sharing and being part of, of functioning society so you know the the person yeah. who's coming towards you is like well respect me and my ability to walk down the center of the road texting you know that's the, what how am i respecting you so i feel like the whole you know, respect is earned yeah you know manners excuse me i think it's fine to tap somebody uh, on the shoulder and say excuse me they'll get out of your way if you're polite to people they're polite i find and if you're an asshole, yeah, it's true. People asshole. are by and large polite. Yeah, exactly. That's I find that all the time. A little, excuse me, a little smile acknowledgement goes a long way, people. Yeah, you know, and if you're t I don't I, I don't mind people talking on the phone in the grocery store. What I do mind is people talking on the phone in the grocery store as if there's nobody else around. <laughs> right. Yeah. The yeah. person on the phone <laughs> while I'm walking by them at the grocery, having their conversation like a normal voiced inside voice conversation that doesn't get in my way and doesn't expect mm -hmm. affect me. Who cares? But it's the person who's 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 broadcasting like respect me and my yeah. right to talk on the phone. That's the jackass. So ticket those people. And as one of my old bosses said, it's usually just nothing talk. Yeah, exactly. It is usually just nothing talk. Speaking of nothing talk, 
Here's another story for in other news. Uh, Couple busted for having sex in public pool for 30 minutes. Oh, I can believe that, actually. It's extremely difficult to have sex in a pool. That's funny. My mind went to the same place. It wasn't the fact that people were having sex in a public pool, and apparently there were kids around, and the you know parents were hemming and hawing because you could see the male's penis. And this couple, one was 33. Oh, this is like a cougar incident. The 33-year-old was with a 40-year-old, and they were in a pool, and they were off to the side, and they were doing it. But the thing that got me is, of course, it takes 30 minutes. In fact, it could take 30 days because sometimes having sex in a pool, while it looks great on a Red Shoe Diary episode, <laughs> yes. it is really not the ideal circumstance and probably not the healthiest circumstance, I would imagine. No. But what I love is there's a, at the end, it says the pool later added additional chemicals to the pool to recycle its water. Oh, gross. Oh, this entire episode is grossing me out. <laughs> Every new story <laughs> is disgusting me. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I, you clearly have, have, have tried to uh, have coitus in an aquatic environment. Yeah, in a hot tub. Yeah, a hot tub, exactly. Which is like everybody's like dream location, right? That's the first thing people say when they walk into the, a, a really well-appointed bathroom in, in a hotel. Oh, we got the, look at that. We got a sunken bathtub or, ooh, it's got a hot tub. I'm telling you, it is easier to fly than it is to reach climax in having sex in a hot tub. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so terrible. It just went on and on. I think she, I don't know if she was enjoying it or not either. Like I think we were both Maybe kind of pretending that it was working and it wasn't. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's it, it, it talk about a game of chicken, right? You know, the the woman doesn't wants wants it to be like sexual and ooh yes, and it's hot. We're out in the hot tub. It's naughty, and the guy wants to be like yeah, isn't this? Look at I got I got you in the hot tub. Look at us. But the reality, I think, if you both just did a little gut check, it would be like, yeah, this isn't working out so much. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was too bad. And I, boy, I remember that whole situation. Boy, it's all coming back to me. Whew. <laughs> That's Woo! a story for another time. It was too bad, too. <laughs> boy. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Sex in a hot tub, overrated. I'm going to say, if, if we had another segment, if we want to add heap more segments onto this show, yes. we could do an overrated segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sex in a hot tub, sex in a, in a swimming pool. Overrated. Speaking of overrated. <laughs> speaking of overrated, should we get to our, our, our summer show, our summer guilty pleasure that uh, I want to thank Julie again for joining us last week and helping us ring out whatever we could from this show uh i'm gonna let you drive this uh, episode segment if you will by saying though first i will say three two one vamos oh i hate that i hate that i don't remember any of the people on the show by the way from week to week i only remember steel and erica and i kind of rem i guess i remember ben uh and i remember uh J jason uh, that whole thing was so pitiful. Boy, he is the saddest sack when he went out and picked all those flowers and brought them back uh, in. And then sat in the corner. Like, sat in the corner. Me. Yeah, just sat and sort of lunked around. Oh, I, I, I like you. Oh, boy, that, that, 
That was he is doing such detrimental uh, damage to his dating possibilities upon returning to San Francisco. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, and I, I noticed what Julie was talking about, how when they say the person's name, sometimes they say their occupation, and other times they'd say the location that they're from, which I find Yes, I believe she was calling those Chirons. Yes, Chirons, yes. Uh, but the, I think the, you know, the main problem with this show, again, uh, is that there's nothing to win. And without the, um, without the conflict of people choosing other partners to be with, then there's no conflict. And it's just one. And there's been no conflict. Everybody's staying with their partner by and large. Yeah, exactly. And the only reason to not be with a partner is because they're not happy with the partner they're with. There has been little to zero trying to up trade and get someone else. Yes. Like there's been nothing about, well, I mean, the, the, whoever, the main guy who keeps winning, uh, the guy with Jess, he's been talking Derek? about it. He's been, yeah, he's been talking about it. He's been saying, well, I kind of like Jess who I'm with, but maybe I'll try that girl. I kind of like her. But I, I, it just hasn't been happening, and I have well, to say that the the move at the end where uh, uh, Steele was flirting with I don't even remember her name. Uh, she looked like a twelve year old girl. Yes, the twelve year old girl, and she was like, "Well, I want to pick Steele," and he was like, "No," and then they both ended up being in the reject wall and going home. It was a pretty smooth yes. move for the two people who were last. Yes, that was gamesmanship. Yeah, that was pretty good game and shit. But uh, I, well, I just I'm gonna, no, not into it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I noticed the uh, part of the fun of doing these shows with you. I've 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 learned is trying to spot the hand of the producers, like the hand of God manipulating the show. Yeah. Uh huh. And I saw well, there's two instances. Uh, one happens in the preview for next week, and one I noticed in the show. Clearly, they are telling all these people it, it, when they go up to talk with uh, Rossi Light that they should build, make some sort of suspense around your decision. Yeah. So even though we know that they're going to stay with each other, they say things like, but, you know, we're getting along great. We have a good connection, but. And I've noticed that because every single couple, that was a dynamic in their conversation when they got up there. It was so scripted to try to foster some sort of like, you know, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then I noticed that next week's preview, they are mandatorily making them all choose a new partner. Yeah, I can just see them scrambling. I can just see the producers. I can totally see them sitting in a room, in a think tank room, thinking, saying, wow, this will be great because they'll do this when we put them together. They'll, they'll want to trade up and they'll want, because part of the game is they'll want to be with other people and they'll want to swing and they'll want to, to find, they'll, they'll be jealousy and stuff. And there's not, there isn't at all. So now they're like, well, all these things that we imagined were going to happen didn't happen. So now we gotta we have to infuse some uh, some juice into this. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. This was you a, notice anything uh, that you would like to speak on on the show? No, just that the, the I don't care about the adventures. Like the the whole adventure was so stupid. Find a rope ladder and ride a horse. That was what their challenge was. Yeah, it's so. I mean, and again, I keep going back to it, and I know that we said we weren't going to re travel. 
well-traveled uh, terrain, but it's the casting. It all boils down to the casting, and I'm really surprised that this was the casting ensemble, uh, en- assembled, assembled, what's the word? Ugh, assembled. Um, clearly, they were only drawing from certain pockets because everybody's either from the Bay Area or I think there's a couple from L.A., and then there's a lot of people from Tennessee. And these people are not very interesting at all. I mean, good-looking does not make for interesting. No, and they just keep saying that. Like, this guy Steele is horrible at all of these things. All he had to do was find a rope ladder, climb down into a cave, find an idol, and then ride a horse. And his partner was like, boy, he's just terrible at everything. But thank God he's pretty. Yeah, that's passes for humor, I think. That's the the light the lightness of the show. It's just it, they're not interesting people. I'm not interested in watching them. I am going to see it out because I'm curious what they win. I, I I keep waiting for there to be some announcement of and if you survive Love in the Wild, in addition to getting somebody that you're going to casually see over the next couple of weeks post production, um, you are also going to win this. Yeah, it's interesting because I know a guy who works in a think tank creating game shows. It's uh-huh. his job to come up with ideas of game shows. And he he always hears the producers coming in with these ideas. Well, why don't we do this and why don't we do that? And he's so clear about why that doesn't work, why that's not an interesting game. It's funny to hear him mm-hmm. describe it. He's always like, and they come in and they're like, but they're the producers, so we have to do what they have to do. And I could just see him sitting in the think tank coming up with this show and sort of going well that that doesn't work the what how is that interesting and them not listening to him and it going on the air as it is right now and exactly everything that he would know how to fix it and make it interesting or point out why it was bad didn't matter you know so maybe we can talk to him well well, there you go thank god it's only on for a few more weeks or is it is it does it never end maybe no, it's got to end. What are you kidding? I'm so backed up on TV shows when I was gone. I was like, oh, my God, I've got so many shows to watch. And then I ended up watching Love in the Wild. Yeah, I know. You got gypped. Well, there we go. That's our scintillating dissection <laughs> about Love, Love in, the, in Wild. the Wild. Great. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to talk about your camping trip? Uh, okay. It's hard because it was with family, my sisters and uh, and their kids. Um so there's a bit of an alpha male thing going on. Like I used to go camping oh, with yeah. my sister when I, I first got divorced. It was just myself and my sister and our kids. And she would do the cooking and I would do the fire and uh, and uh, help clean. We would both clean the dishes and, you know, I'd, I'd make breakfast in the morning every now and then. You know, I, I've, I've been living alone for uh, over eight years now. So I'm, I, I know how to make my own food. <laughs> Right. I'm actually I'm actually pretty good in the kitchen. But now that there's like husbands with my sisters now, um, then there's like the one guy's like, oh, I'll do the fire. So I stand back. I'm like, all right, well, if you're the expert on the fire, go ahead. I don't think he is an expert on a fire. I don't think he makes a fire any Mm -hmm. better than I made the fire. But since that's his thing. I let him do it. And then the other guy's like, oh, I make these great pancakes. And he pulls out a bag of powder and adds water to it and makes his great famous pancakes. <laughs> it's like, okay, go ahead. You know. 
So, well, they got to have their thing. I'm fine with anybody doing anything that absolves me from having to do anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. But then there comes a point where I don't know if this is the way with your family, but my family and I share the same positives and not so positives. Okay. (laughs) We, we carry the same personality traits, uh, having had the same parents. So uh, where one, my dad, for example, was a was a pretty stern dad voice, scary yeller. OK. Uh-huh. Um, and there are times I feel that it's important to speak to a child to uh, 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 to address the severity of the foolishness they're doing that I will <laughs> that I will adopt what sounds kind of like my dad talking. Um, for example, one of the kids had their poker in the fire where we were do- we were roasting marshmallows and they bought these metal pokers in the fire and he was cleaning off uh-huh. his little marshmallow and it was it was bright orange. He had had it stuck in the fire for so long that it was like a branding iron. Which oh is, shit! Yeah, which is like you know, and it's not my kid, but you know, th- no one's paying attention. So I'm like, dude, what part of that is a good idea? Get it out. And he he doesn't talk. He doesn't. He just sort of looks around. I know what he's doing. He's being evasive, and he's trying to get me to look away so he can do it again. So I'm like, dude, answer me. And my sister was like waving me off and petting the back of his head. And then I heard her talking to her husband afterwards. Like I overheard her saying, uh-huh. "Yeah, and Jason was just being on his case. He's not going to listen to it. Like complaining about the way I was dealing with the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's funny because people want to say it takes a village." Until the villagers actually, uh, you know, start participating in the the rearing. Yeah, and I can see her point. You know, it's not really up to me to parent. No, the kid. but I've had uncles give me a stern, you know, what the hell are you doing before? And it was usually always warranted. And it was for my safety. Right, exactly. I can remember my uncle being stern, but there's also parts about, like, I can remember my grandma. I was staying at my grandma's house when my parents were out of town, and, like, we had dinner, and I got up to clear my plate, and she got really pissed at me, and she was like, you didn't ask to be excused. Sit down and wait and wait until I tell you you can be excused. And I was like, what? Like, really confused, because that's not the way things are done in our house. I never had to ask to yeah. be excused. You know, it's like, we never said grace before dinner, you know, that kind uh-huh. of thing. Um, so, uh, uh, when that happens, I'm like, okay, I'll just kind of get my way through this because this is clearly something that makes grandma happy and it's not the way, not the way I'm familiar with things. And I could see Mm -hmm. the kid, the kid, uh, like obviously his dad doesn't listen to him. (laughs) Like I could, I actually could see it happen later. He, he was a total, total pyro. He's totally interested in the fire. He's throwing stuff in the fire the whole time. And uh-huh. my sister's like, stop throwing things in the fire. And I'm like, dude, stop throwing things in the fire. And uh, um, and he would just keep doing it. And finally, my sister was like, you have to tell your son to stop doing that. And he was up cleaning a fish. And he's like, yeah, okay. And uh, the kid goes, hey, I- I'm done doing it. And he, he, the dad didn't even overlook over to Adam. He's just like, okay, right on. And the kid just ran away, right? So that's his way of doing things. It's not up to me to make the kid a functioning member of society. But by the same token, it would be nice to have my sister on have my back when I'm trying to actually address Yeah, she could have just been like, listen to, your, listen to your uncle. That's dangerous. Yeah, you could, you could hurt yourself. You could hurt someone else. You could burn down the freaking forest with that thing. 
you know, yeah. but so but but what I'm saying about it's hard to be with family is me talking about my sister behaving that way is the exact same thing she was doing about me. Right. Yeah. We're, we're exhibiting the same behavior right now. And I can see yeah. her point, whereas I don't really obviously what I'm doing is right. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. But if you're keeping score at home, listeners, Jason is right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but other than that, it didn't go on long enough. And uh, by the same token, it felt like a really long time being away and not being able to be in touch. With <laughs> That's how the best memories are usually forged. Right, exactly. And how about you? What, uh, what's, uh, what, what, Rob? Well, I did, I did something interesting yesterday. It was very, it was very beautiful here. It was like 78 in the city yesterday. And there was like one of those lovely breezes blowing off the the bay and i wanted to go to the gym you know i've been very good about going to the gym so but i'm like ah it's too nice a day i'm gonna go for a run and i don't go for runs that often because it really i don't know if you ever run but it it it, at at a certain age you don't recover as fast from just doing something simple like running on asphalt okay yeah you know, my knees hurt, my back hurts, the the legs, everything, you know. But I wanted to do it, so I said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I left my house, and I take this usual route, which takes me down to where the the wharf is, and then I go along Aquatic Park. Um, if those who live in San Francisco will know where this is. And then it takes you past Fort Mason and then out Chrissy Field. And I usually come back around, um, the Marina Green, it's called. Well, this time I had set a really good pace for myself, and I was feeling pretty strong. So I saw Fort Point out in the distance, which is right below the Golden Gate Bridge. Ah, yes, made famous in the film Vertigo. There you go. And so I'm like, I wonder if I can run to that. Well, that 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 old saying of you know distances, you know, like uh, objects in the distance are often farther than they appear. <laughs> yeah, that old saying. Yeah. So I am heading towards it, and then I get kind of midway between where I would have turned back and finished my, you know, ran back to my house and finished my run, to where I was like, ah, I'm committed. I ran all the way to Fort Point, touched the side of the building, flipped it around, and ran all the way back. Wow! Having no real idea how far that is, and I went home and I, I googled my route. I ran. 10 miles yesterday. Wow, look at you. I bet you slept well. I slept great. I feel like I was worked over with a meat tenderizer this morning. Yeah, I believe that. I don't run. Running's, I, I don't run. I walk a lot, but uh, running is not my thing. It, it felt great. It was one, I just had the headphones on, I was running, I was just checking out the sights, you know. It had, like I said, it was a very great experience, but oh my God, today am I sore. I'm so sore, but the great thing this coincided with, I found an old piece of recording equipment that I no longer use. Uh-huh. So I take it down to the record store shop. The guy down the street, he accepts things on trade. And I'm like, look, I don't use this. I just really want to get a good amount of trade for records. You know, He gave me $150 in record trade. Wow. So today I'm just sitting around and I'm listening to my hall of record. I didn't get $150 worth. I got four records. But that, this ought to take me through to the end of the year. I'll never have to pay for another record at this shop again. Yeah, big time. Well, you can pick up that Blood, Sweat, and Tears 8-track that I pointed out to you. Okay. I'll look, I'm sure I can find that. I got, I, I got some good stuff. I got you know, a, a Cars record. I got a Roxy Music record, a Queen record. 
Great. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, so I'll, I'll let you get back to that because I need to get to the grocery store. Fair enough. Fair. You get to the grocery store. You you, you got to get stocked up. You have big week. Anything coming up for the big weekend? Uh, no. I I, I haven't really caught up on email. I, there was a whole bunch of it sitting there for me, and I, I I got to the ones that were pressing, and then there's still a bunch I need to get to. So I'm not entirely sure what's happening this weekend. There's some movie screenings this weekend. I have a um a horrible bosses screening that I'll probably go see. Um, ah. Uh. Yes, I am going to tonight. Actually, is going to be a fun night. We have a, a friend in from the East Coast. Uh, haven't seen in a long time, so we're going to go out to try a really nice tapas restaurant in the neighborhood. I've been wanting to try, and uh, we'll probably have a drink. So it's kind of like our our Friday night is going to be Thursday night, and then our Friday night we're just going to get ca- crab from down on the wharf and just eat crab and get caught up on our TV shows. And then Saturday night, we'll venture out. I think we might go see some music or do something fun. Nice. Well, I hope that there's no hair on the nipples at your topless restaurant. <laughs> I hope I hope my, my topless restaurant. Yes. No, I am expecting it to go off without a hitch and there won't be any extra knobs to stimulate. Okay, very good. I also just remembered that a friend uh, is in town this weekend. A friend from up north is visiting with his family, so I think there's a barbecue on Sunday I'm to go to. Awesome. Well, there we go. Then, then it's, it's, a, it's a wrap. It's a show. It's... Our listeners know what we're up to, where we can be found. Yeah, so keep an eye out for us. We, you better be ready. We may be coming to your town. <laughs> At least that's what we should do next, guys. We should take this on the road. Okay. Uh, let's talk about it next week. I'll bring the dog and you bring the pony. <laughs> Bye. Can you tell me what did they say? Did you hear? What did they say? Can you hear? What did they say? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.